0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reef podcast. Today's guest is a mobile app developer and a fellow podcaster. Please welcome Casey Daniel. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No, the pleasure is mine as always. Thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast. Uh, I know know that we actually scheduled this ages in advance and it's funny. One of the things I'm learning with um, doing a podcast is that just because you have something penciled in and that someone is, you know, due to actually appear on the podcast, that doesn't mean that it's actually going to happen.
1: Yeah, so. especially when you do like a week, a week and a half out in advance.
0: Yeah, I've had so many In times. the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it, it is funny, actually, that I'd say the vast majority of people that actually get in touch or, or express an interest are, you know, good on their word. Like if nothing else, if they can't yeah. make it, maybe they'll, I don't know agree to do something later or you know whatever the case may be but i am learning through this that there are a lot of people that don't do that sometimes they never get in touch which to me is is bizarre because like yes you know what i mean it's it's fine if you can't you just say hey sorry something came up. yeah (laughs) don't leave (laughs) me hanging yeah no for real like i've it's kind of sad in a way sometimes i'll get there and it's not just um for my show either so i've Obviously, I do a lot of podcast appearances, as as we all need to to promote ourselves, right? And uh, (laughs) I'll just be sitting there waiting, and then it gets to like I don't know half an hour before, and they're like, "Yeah, sorry, I can't do it." What? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) I'm sitting here. I've pumped myself full of coffee. I'm ready to go. Right? Nothing. You're giving me nothing. Goddamn. Exactly. (laughs) But anyway, you're here. You made the effort. So I thank you for that.
2: <laughs>
1: Absolutely no worries. I, I've I, I've done a, a few guests. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, something in my throat. Uh, I've done a few guests, and they, I, I've had a blast doing it. You know, it's always fun just to have a conversation and meet new
0: people. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's probably one of my favorite things to do. I mean, for my podcast, it's largely the interviews and then i also do i also have a co-host that we that i do like uh you know long topic stuff with and conversations with and occasionally i'll do just me talking but um i gotta say the interviews are the best part it's always different um and i think it it really helps like in terms of building your conversational skills you know being able to sustain a conversation and and just hold it like i i never really thought about that like when i started you know prepping for interviews but you know it is what it is um since we're on the topic of podcasts, actually let's let's just dive into that uh, how with the guests that you have on your show how do you kind of approach that how do you keep a conversation going because obviously i can talk for ages about how i do it but i want to know how you do it
1: <laughs> uh i actually haven't started recording yet that's a bit of a oh, confession okay. right there um i'm waiting for one of my co-hosts to get some uh equipment in you know with everyone ordering online right now that's a bit of a mess so Ah. (laughs) um so so unfortunately we haven't had a chance to start recording but like i like i said i've done several guests and i don't know i think the key is like don't don't cut the conversation short if it's going somewhere don't don't pressure yourself to move on to the next next topic just I have a terrible habit of not finishing my sentences. So ah, okay.
0: I, I was expecting That's a, a terrible habit. I <laughs> need
1: to stop and I catch myself <laughs> frequently doing it. No, I right. just kind that's of trail right. off as my thought moves on to, to random
0: things. But Okay, I'll, I'll try and catch you with that then. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I mean, um, I think for me, I've, I've never obviously been in, in the habit of cutting people off or, or like stopping a trail of thought. I mean, because, you know if the conversation's going it's great I mean one of the things I've actually started to do more now is I always do the same research that I always do so I have questions just in case there is ever an instance where I don't know maybe you meet someone they're less conversational they're shy, whatever the case may be and you've purely got to rely on your questions right and a lot of the time I use this as kind of like a something to fall back on i guess and to sort of guide it i kind of ride it in such a way that it kind of guides you through but at the same time you know like you said it's it's important to kind of let the guest take the reins as much as you can and um just throw in an ad lib like most of the time i try to get the person talking and then i just shut up and listen (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so um Obviously, yeah, this is what I actually have in my notes now that I'm looking again. Um, You're about to start a podcast, and it's on real app development. Um, So talk us through kind of what people you expect to kind of have on the show, what people can expect to learn by listening to this podcast. Like, why should people listen to your podcast? Yeah, so
1: what I kind of want to do is create a podcast that focuses on how mobile apps are actually made you know, there's a lot of content out there that talks about, that shows you the basics of programming and getting an app together. And then they show you all the puzzle pieces, but nobody shows you how the puzzle pieces work together. And especially if you're just starting out, that can actually be really, really challenging. And so my goal is to put content out into the world uh, that kind of shows how these puzzle pieces work together. Uh, I've started a blog where I'm creating a podcast app a podcast listening app and i'm open sourcing it and doing a blog series of here's here's why i'm making the decisions i'm making and here's how these two pieces work together because i think it's this is how it should work and it's been an absolute blast
0: yeah i'm, I'm kind of um interested by this app uh, it's described as being like an open sourced podcast app like what exactly is that and and like what what can people sort of do with that app
1: yeah so it's in early stages right now but what you know it'll be just a standard podcast listening app okay. but the difference is, is if you're a developer you can go in and view exactly what makes the app all of the source code is open and freely freely available so you can download the code make changes you want and run it yourself if you really want it to
0: oh so it's kind of like a um an app template for podcasts essentially
1: it's not an app it's no it's not a template per se it's a fully it's a full app like an interface that, yeah okay. like like um it it's going to be downloadable on your phone and you can listen to a podcast just like you can on every other mo- fo- app on your phone mm-hmm. but the difference is you can actually see the guts of it okay so all all of the code i'm making all of the everything that's going into the app is free and public
2: so awesome. you can
1: you can view the app for exact for all of the source code, all of and and if you if you know what you're doing, you can go in and say, I want to make this change for me. And you can make it your change and run it for yourself.
0: Cool. It's like a good starting point for people that maybe yeah. just getting into that but aren't sort of fully kind of yeah. there as far as understanding coding and stuff like that cool yeah cool 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 cool, cool. all right um so bringing it back to your podcast what are your sort of goals and aspirations for your podcast let's say short term and then long term
1: short term uh it, i'm really interested in seeing and where it goes you know i haven't quite decided on a format because you know i want to have some guests that bring in expert functionality like you know, there's topics I want to talk about, like security. how How do you secure an app? What is good enough? Because it's never going to be perfect. But you, you, there's a point where you have to step back and say, okay, what is good enough security? Do I need Do I need to add Do I need to keep adding more security for the sake of it, or is what I have going to be enough? And there's a topic that has a lot of opinions, and I would love to bring someone on and talk about that for a while. But you know, I also want to talk. You know, how do you how do indie developers market their applications? How, you know, talk a lot about those kind of stories as well. Long-term I, I would like it to become a show that people look to for information that people Mm -hmm. listen to, to stay up to date on their skills. Cause that's something that's really hard as a developer is there's, the The landscape is always changing very quickly. And, you know, you only have so much time a day to keep up. And so just be a source of high-level information on what the entire mobile landscape is.
0: Okay, great, great. And um, do, do you have like a working name for the podcast just yet?
1: Yeah, it's Who's Your
0: Dev. Who's Your Dev. <laughs> i like that um as far as uh when it will be available i presume it's probably going to be next year but do you have like a rough date in mind of when you can expect it to be available early january early january cool cool maybe the first week then something like yeah that. awesome and uh where do we reckon we'll be able to listen to this podcast is it going to be video only or audio only or
1: it's probably going to be audio only uh you know it'll be you know, we're hoping to go on to the standard Apple and Spotify, mm. as well as uh, we'll have our own website, whosyourdev.com. Uh
0: huh. Oh, so are you going to do this as a whole kind of um, operation, in in the sense that um, the content available on your podcasts will be available on the website in like article information form? Is that kind of what you're going for, or is, or is it just an company website to to promote it?
1: Uh, it's going to start off as mostly a website to promote it and a website to, you know, we'll have embedded listeners so you can listen to it on the website uh, as well as contact us. I think that's the real reason we want a website is a space to be able to start dialogue with people. Uh, but I'm not opposed to doing written articles if the content need, the content requires it. Mm -hmm. Um, something I want to look at, uh, I have ordered one of the new Macs with the Apple chips. And so, you know, that's probably going to be a post of itself of comparing its performance
0: and all of that fun stuff. Cool, cool. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, certainly, um, I think we'll, we'll all be looking out for that podcast. It sounds interesting. Um, it's a bit above my kind of mindset. but Yeah, I,
2: no, that's completely fair.
0: I know a lot of people that would be into this, and I think it, it's, it's that kind of thing of... Um, it's good to have like a resource available for beginners and intermediates, because obviously there's a lot of people out there that just know what they're doing. They've been studying it for yeah. many years, but it's good to have something where if you're not too sure, you can kind of refer to, the, to it and over time build your knowledge or, you, or at least use it as like a resource in the beginning. So
1: that's- yeah. And that's, and that's exactly it. And, you know, it, it really is puzzle pieces that nobody shows you how they go to get it because there's so many libraries and frameworks and tidbits of information here and there scattered throughout the internet. And I've sat there for hours going, how do these two things fit together? Mm. Driven me absolutely mad.
0: Well, listen, best of luck with it. I'm sure it's going to go very well. Um, I, I think the the open source podcast app idea is a is fantastic idea. I think... Yeah. Um, I've I've seen similar concepts in different industries and I think it's always good to have something that you can use in the very beginning just as a kind of like, um, how can I put this? Something to kind of like tide you over before you decide what to do, like whether it's building your own infrastructure and having your own, you know, internally operated system or, you know, eventually maybe hiring someone and, and having like, you know, uh like an interface that you kind of customize but ultimately is managed by like a third party or something like whatever you choose like it's it's good to have something to start off with that's sort of relatively simple to use or at least replicate
2: yeah
1: yeah well and like the the goal isn't for someone to make their own podcast app based off of mine the goal is to you know there there's pieces that go into it like how to do user authentication how to sign in a user How to listen to audio? How do you display multiple pieces of content that are dependent in, you know, like when you hit the play pause button in one screen, it needs to play pause in all of the screens. How do you, how do you hook that up? How do you manage all of that state? How do you like, there's so many concepts that go into an app that if you don't provide greater context of like, how do you do it in a larger application? can actually be really difficult to figure out. And okay. so I, I'm cre- like as I'm going, I'm creating blog posts being like, you know, today we're doing the user onboarding. Here's all the decisions that, uh, here's all the reasons why I'm using these packages in this way to create this.
0: Excellent. Um, let's move it forward and uh, talk a little bit more about you being a mobile app developer. So, um, what are some of the apps that you've worked on and which ones are you most proud of? Yeah.
1: So there's two apps I'm going to highlight. So my last job was working for a hearing aid company called Unitron and I made mobile apps to remotely control the hearing aids. And that was a lot of challenging, but a lot of fun too.
0: Wow. How does that work?
1: So it uses Bluetooth to connect. And so you can, and so, you know, obviously you can adjust volume, Um, but there's a ton of other things you can adjust as well. So there's the concept of sound profiles. So the the way the audio needs to be amplified for a conversation like we're having is completely different when you're in your car because you don't want to hear all the engine noises or versus a club where everything is pumping. And so your, hear- your hearing aid will try to automatically adjust all these settings on the fly for you. But you can go in and say, no, I'm in a crowded restaurant. Let's let's just focus <laughs> that for, for a little bit.
0: Since um, there could be a bit of an issue here, like if it automatically adjusts in such a way that... Do you know what I mean? Like if, if there's like an unfortunate incident where it's like the sound is very sharp at that particular time, that could overwhelm you maybe. <laughs> I don't know if it works. It
1: very well could. And it tends to err on the side of not doing that. Okay. okay. So it, it's more of a situation of it thinks I'm in quiet. It thinks I'm in loud, but I'm really in quiet. I need it to amplify a little bit more. So like y- you can adjust that. Um, and then right now I'm working for a startup called MyNormative. Normative.
0: Okay. That's a bit so the app is not,
1: is the app is releasing on in Canada on March 8th. And what it is, is it's a fitness app for women to help contextualize health. Uh, you know, because if you download any fitness tracking app right now, it if you're a woman, it assumes you're 75% of a man. What do you mean? And that's just, so like when it count, like when it says you burned a hundred calories, it it that's 75% of what a man of the amount of calories a man would have burned.
0: Okay. So it's, it's a, it's a comparison. It's like comparing to like, a man. that's
1: what all the apps do right now. Oh, okay. Okay. And, but that, you know, that's just simply not how biology works. Right. Um, so we're, so we're looking to contextualize uh, their health and their fitness in, in relation with, you know, their, where they are in their reproductive cycle or their reproductive stage. And, help provide contextual information to help you understand your health and understand how, why you're feeling the way you're feeling today because you deserve that information.
0: Cool. And yeah, I th- I th- that sounds like something that would be very, um, very successful. I mean, obviously women are very health conscious and uh, yeah, I, mean, well, I, I suppose we all are, but like, it does kind of seem that women especially are, and maybe that's a product of society. I don't know. That's a different conversation entirely, but um this does kind of sound like a like an app that would would really help people in that regard. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, talk us through sort of the the process of creating a mobile app in uh, sort of layman's terms. <laughs> yeah. So the the process is really
1: it's a really it's a surprisingly creative process. You know, when you start coding, you learn all of the logic and all of, and all of like the hard science kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot more creativity that goes into building an app, uh, especially around user interface design and user experience design. Uh, something that I feel like a lot of developers don't focus their time on is how do you make, how does your product make users feel? Mm because you know we we all we all can think of an app that we opened it up and went no i hate it and just uninstalled it and we could all think of an app that went you know this was actually really fun to use it was a calculator but like it was fun and so that and so that's the difference between user experience design and for me that's where i start i start planning out you the the interactions you know how how am i trying to make a user feel and then and then from there i can drive down into the logic that runs the app
0: i kind of want to get your opinion on something here um because i see like a lot of you know i've I've worked a little bit with ui and ux um because my field is more in marketing um albeit i'm not like properly involved yeah. it's more like to give my creative opinion on certain things but, yeah um certainly in the context of ux i understand that like it's kind of it's always an ongoing thing when you're working with a client and um now there's stuff out there that's directly looking at okay like for example to explain my point there's a website i came across in one of my old uh, roles called Hotjar jar or something like that where it basically tracks your website in real time and provides you with like recordings of where people are clicking on your website and how they're interacting so you know you can basically show you like where most people are going and yeah. how they're interacting with your website which obviously helps you to understand at least from an aesthetic point of view what's working in terms of what you're putting on your website what's putting people off how easy it is to navigate your website and so on so with that in mind, I guess I wanted to kind of know a couple of things in your opinion as it pertains to um, sort of UI and, and like why companies like uh, say Facebook and Instagram sort of do these constant redesigns. Like I know that they obviously do them uh, to change every couple of years because it's something you have to do as part of rebranding. But when it comes to actually the usability, like for example, Facebook recently did a redesign. And I noticed that they did a thing where they said, "Hey, you know, you you can switch back to classic for X amount of t- days." And I kept saying every time I want to switch back, I, I would leave a, like a review saying, "Please keep it. Please have some sort of a legacy system where I could use the old one because I hate the redesign." And eventually, they just force you to have the new one. So I just yeah. wanted to kind of know your opinion maybe on, on why that happens and, and uh, yeah, just your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. So when, when that tends to happen, it's usually not to delight the user. It's usually to improve business metrics. Mm. Um, I think the classic example with Facebook was the push to non time-based feeds. Okay. So it was years ago where Facebook default used to show you the newest post first. Yes and everything was chronologically. But they changed that. That hasn't been like that for years. It hasn't even been an option for years. It's all been what they think you want. Okay. And so you kind of have to make a business decision because when you don't put things in chronological order, users use your app a lot longer. And so that's an opportunity to show more ads. Like I know it's completely counterintuitive, but the data doesn't lie. Like th- there's been tons of user studies that when you make this, this is why Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, all of them have moved away from chronological feeds because it improves user retention so much. As much as users... Sorry?
0: Well, what I was going to say is... Um as a kind of devil's advocate to that at least with websites like reddit you know you've got the option of of categorizing it according to interesting metrics so you've got new where well, you can essentially get chronological hot as in the most popular top the ones that are far rising whatever right so you've got some degree of choice over it but what you were saying before about how with facebook they've moved away from even that so you don't even have the choice anymore like that to me although like, I agree with your point that obviously the stats don't lie. You have to move on that. At the same time, surely not offering a choice is going to eventually push people more and more away from wanting to use that app.
1: Well, and that's, and that's the, the business the balance needs to figure out. Um, because with a, with a Facebook like Juggernaut, where Facebook doesn't care how you feel <laughs> using their app. They just don't. They want to know how many ads can we shove in your face in the shortest amount of time. And so when you, when you look at the decision from that perspective, it makes perfect sense why you wouldn't want that. Where Reddit is a lot more community focused. Mm. And I think being community focused, you kind of have to keep those options alive to keep fostering a community. And so I think that's why Reddit hasn't done it, despite the fact that they very obviously want to, uh, especially with their recent redesign that I still refuse to use.
0: Uh, I don't understand why everyone <laughs> hates it so much. I'm, I'm the other way around. I started uh, using it last year, and it automatically shows the old old design. So the new design. Yeah. And I switched back to the old one because I was curious. I had obviously seen Reddit years ago, but it seems like the, the old design has never changed. I don't know. I, I kind of prefer the new one. I find it a bit easier to see, navigate. I don't know. Maybe it's like an old person's thing. <laughs> but, um...
1: And I, I think that's what it is, is the old design is for information density. Mm. So I, you know, I, I think part of the struggle Reddit has had is that their old design, you could very easily train yourself to just quickly scan through a ton of information because it's all dense you know, with the headlines and you can you can very see, very quickly see information that you want to see. Where with the new design it it's not as dense, but it's more visually pleasing. It's more modern. It's more updated. So I think for new users coming into it, that's obviously the preference. But you know, I've been a reddit Redditor for seven years. I I just my eyes have the muscle memory of like, okay, that's not an interesting headline, not an interesting headline. Oh, that's interesting for me
0: why do you think that um, obviously maybe I'm answering my own question here, as you said before, Reddit is community based. So maybe that will explain what I'm going to ask you, but obviously Reddit has the option and has had the option to switch back between classic and new for seemingly however long the new design has been available. Right. But this is not available with like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. And I wondered know, Because I've tweeted about this before. I've said like, hey, I wonder why they won't do like a legacy style um, switching system. Like I know that would be a lot of work and such, but it probably would please people to be able to have the option of, do you know what I mean? Because like, for example, if I take Facebook's latest redesign, like, you know, obviously I preferred them years ago, but like, you know, you, you just make do with the newer designs. But one thing that I really didn't like about the new redesign now, is how it condenses and, and makes the Facebook pages a lot more difficult to use and interact with. Cause obviously I manage my own page for promotional purposes and the classic design was much better for that, much more visible and easier to interact with. But this newer design it, it's like hassle. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like, okay, we're going to move everything everywhere, you know, just to kind of piss you off, you know, and Instagram's done the same thing. And yep. I know why they've done it. They've done it purely to promote reels and uh, their shop, which no one gives a shit about because, you know, with reels, I mean, we've got TikTok. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't need it. Right. Um, yeah. for the shop. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't really go to Instagram to shop. If I'm going to buy some clothes, I'm going to buy them, whatever online. Yeah. If I'm going to buy someone's merch I'll buy it from their store or from where they're promoting it. From. Yeah. So why the fuck am I going to go on Instagram shop? You know, um, why do you, yeah, basically bring it back to the question, why do you think there isn't an option and, and they just kind of force it on you and that's it?
1: I think there's two, two big reasons in my view. Uh, part of it is being business driven. Uh, they don't, they, they want you to buy stuff through Instagram and come hell or high water, by God, you will buy something through Instagram they will force it through you if they have to. They will literally click it for you if they have to. Not quite that extreme, but like that's that's the mentality I think a lot of, uh, 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 that drives a lot of these decisions is that we want users to use a new messaging app. How can we get users to use the messaging app? We completely break messaging in the normal app and force you to use a new, new one. And because that's another opportunity for us to learn about you and creep on you and and so like it, all the decisions like that there's a very obvious business metric something that's not so obvious is the technical component uh so facebook's ios app is famu- famously large and complicated um you know they have in the messing in the messaging application you know the stories feature mm they have an entire team of like 10 people working on that. Just that. And that's all they do. Like it's mind boggling the amount of resources they have to throw at things like this. And I honestly think creating a legacy system would make their app just break. I think a legacy system would make the app too large and it just collapse under its own
0: weight. What do you think about, Oh, sorry, go on. You can say more no that's you sure yeah <laughs> okay okay um i, I want to keep asking you questions about this just because yeah, I'm just it interesting um what do you think about the fact that like essentially every app is becoming the same at this point because you know on instagram you've got stories you've got reels facebook you've got stories uh i don't know if they have reels they might do um whatever essentially every app is uh, you know becoming the same twitter now has stories or fleets as they call them um linkedin has stories yeah that was that was weird but with that one i kind of thought you know i don't think it's that bad of an idea but at the same time i don't know like linkedin is one of those weird ones where people people use it um i don't want to say incorrectly because i think that's the wrong way to put it but like LinkedIn is, is, just very different. It's more the formal approach, yes. It, right? Yes. But yet you've got people kind of using it, putting memes on there, putting this, putting that on there. And it's like, not like, it's, it's not like it's not allowed, but it's kind of like a bit like pe- people, often go like, why is this here? Why are you putting this here? You know? Um, yeah. But at the same time, you know, it, it is becoming increasingly more and more of a social network as opposed to like, what it originally was, which was kind of more information sharing and networking. Yeah. And it still is that, but at the same time, yeah, adding things and features like stories is kind of a step in, in, I think in the wrong direction. Um, I kind of got the stories thing with Twitter. I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't do it earlier, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Twitter, cause Twitter is a weird one. I thought Twitter was just going to cease to be, um but it seems to just have evolved over the years so fair play um but I, I do think there is a bit of an issue here with everything kind of becoming the same i mean it makes me think that eventually we're just gonna have like just one app and like all of them are gonna like merge into like one and, and it won't be different anymore i just want to get your thoughts
2: yeah on that.
1: so part of the problem is is it works
0: right.
1: stories work people want stories and they'll interact apps longer for longer if they have stories. And so everyone kind of piles on of, we want, we want to increase user attention because we can force more ads down their throat. And so it's not some grand conspiracy to make every app the same as so much as once one person figures out that it works, everyone wants to do the same thing because they want it to work for them too. And so, you know, I, I don't think this is exclusive to, uh, to, to, to apps. You know, I think of Target and Walmart in the States. They're basically the same store. Hmm. They offer the same, they, you know, there's tons of, tons of other stores that offer the, the very similar experiences with very minimal differences. Because the core of what they do works.
0: Is there a price difference though? Because there's always got to be something that, that you make sure different.
1: A, so I don't actually know Target because I'm actually Canadian. Okay. Uh, but I believe Target is slightly more expensive than Walmart.
0: Ah, there you go then. Okay.
1: So it's like a slightly more upscale, but like we're talking like a couple of dollars here and there. We're not talking...
0: Because that, that at least changes perception because we've got something similar yeah. here in, in the UK. Like... Uh, there's like many different tiers as far as yeah. they're, they're pretty much all based on on uh cost and, and quality uh from what i can see so i mean because i i think target originally just started as a clothing store didn't it but it kind of changed into what it is today whereas walmart has always been just yeah we offer everything for cheap yeah because yay because <laughs> we can
1: yeah uh, but like there's a lot of data driven that goes, you know, goes into a store design, mm. you know, uh, here in Canada, you enter the door, produce is always on the right. Okay. That's just how you lay out a store because that's what, pe- that's what increases people buying things in the store. And so, you know, you can always tell what a store's biggest selling item is by what they put at the front.
0: What do you think is the um, sort of the future as far as the use of ads in apps and stuff? Because obviously we're seeing more and more ads appearing on timeline, stuff like that. But obviously you, we were talking about stories just then. Do you think that we're going to start seeing ads over stories? I mean, I know sometimes they do sort of creep in in the sense that, you know, um, when you open up apps, sometimes you get them. But like what I mean is, do you think we'll get to a point where like every time we want to view someone's story, we have to watch like a 10 second, 15 second uh, ad or something.
1: Uh, they are going to find out the exact, op- the exact number of ads they can show you per unit of time without mate, without pissing you off so much that you just leave the app and they will fine tune that to you personally. Uh-huh. Um. Y- so, so when you, when you start to talk about ads, you start, you have to start talking about the creepy user tracking yeah. and, the, and you know, Apple is going on a giant crusade against that. They have decided that this is a hill they're going to die on. And you know, so something Apple has done is you kind of have, they're calling it an ads, a privacy nutrition label where you, you have to say exactly how you're tracking a user and Facebook's is just like they just clicked everything, every possible option. And
0: at least they're honest, I suppose.
1: <laughs> yeah, at least like well, they kinda have to be, otherwise they get kicked out again. Yeah. Um But you know, so I could go on about how creepy Facebook really is. Well please do. Um, so, so okay. This is this is one of my favorite stories. The creepiness um, of
0: Facebook, here we go.
1: So you know, in the new, uh, do you use an iPhone? No. Nah. Well, so in the latest, in the latest release of iPhone, whenever the camera is on, there's a little green dot that appears on the screen to let you know the camera's on. Okay. The reason why this is there is because Facebook would turn the camera on but hide the camera interface behind the rest of the user interface, okay. and they did it so they could watch, watch how you were viewing the content, and watch were you and analyzing it were you enjoying it did you like this content did you dislike this content how much did you like they were they were just analyzing the video to no end and they didn't they only got caught when someone found the ui glitched ever so ever so quickly that they saw the camera and then the ca- and then it went to the background and it's just like so like th- this is why I say Facebook will find the exact amount of ads they can show you without, without driving you away because they will tune it exactly to your preference um, because they do things like this. There's the classic audio listening. You know, you mention mm. you want to travel to Bangladesh and suddenly you start getting ads for, for flights to Bangladesh. And you're just like, I mentioned that as a joke.
0: Why are you showing me this? I think the creepiness, though, is that, like, because obviously if you have, like, your phone close by or or listening devices close by, then it's it's plausible. But there have been times when I've just been thinking about something. (laughs) You know what I mean? Nothing's been said. Nothing's been interacted with. I've just been thinking about something. Suddenly it's been advertised on my fucking computer. (laughs) Yeah, like... The fuck? (laughs) Like...
1: It like they, it's creepy how well tuned they can tune algorithms to this.
0: Um, I think in some ways it's good and in some ways it's bad because it's like Amazon has been doing this shit for years. That's why how the whole oh, yeah. recommendation system came in place. And actually, it's not even that bad a thing. Like I think a lot of the time it's useful. I think I think the problem is the problem that people have with it is is two things. One, yeah, f- like companies like Facebook go overboard with this shit. They just go too far and it, it kind of just bewilders you a little bit it kind of makes you just keep and i suppose in a way we should be thinking more and more about privacy but you know like I, I don't give a fuck like if, I, if i'm really like concerned about privacy i'll just fucking leave my phone at home i won't take yeah. anything with me do you know what i mean like it's yeah that's how, that's how you go off the grid you want to go off the grid well go yeah. literally off the grid and don't bring anything with you easy yeah but at the same time um you know it's difficult to live in this world these days and interact without having access to these things it's just it's tricky yeah it's not impossible but it's it's tricky um yeah i'm more concerned with things like you know how they're trying to phase out using cash stuff like that that's what people attention yeah absolutely Um, yeah but but no but with these with these adverts i mean i think the issue is is more especially with like instagram what we were talking about before you know a lot of people pissed got pissed off about that i got pissed off about it and it wasn't so much that they were trying to push that because i accept they're a business you know i i've been studying business all my life i i I know how it works i know why it's done it's just when i come into the app the first thing i want to do is browse and maybe upload something right i don't want to accidentally press on that fucking reels feature or the shop feature and then because yeah. they must have a lot of data that shows people like accidentally pressing on it and then trying to exit it. Surely that yeah. will show you like, hey, hmm, maybe we should move this away so that people don't get annoyed by it. You know, because... Yes, but how many people accidentally clicked on it and stayed
1: that wouldn't have clicked on it otherwise? That's the, that, you know, it might be a small, per, small percentage, but when you're dealing with, oh, I know. But when you're dealing with, millions and millions of people a third of a percent makes a huge difference
0: i just don't know necessarily that they're gonna use that though like do you know what i mean the vast majority of what i've seen and read online suggests that the majority are not happy with this and the thing is like but they're
1: not unhappy enough to leave
0: their goal is to make money right yeah and people are not spending money in your shop. They're just looking at it. I mean, then is it really working? Because I, I accept the, the thing it, about it, the real thing. It, it,
1: if zero people were looking at it, were buying from it, they would remove it. Okay. So, but some people are. And they're trying to... Why do people do anything they do? that's
0: well. I mean, I mean i mean because I, I, <laughs> I, I i've looked on there i've looked at you know the shot because obviously you know you've got to check these things yeah as soon as i saw reels i was like well this is just basically tiktok um and i kind of thought from a business perspective it probably will work because lots of people use instagram um they'll probably just post on both Uh, and then you can make the argument it's different audiences like i've noticed actually funny enough the same thing uh if i post on uh my stuff on facebook on on youtube and on instagram i get different audiences i get people different people turning up so people use different apps which is why i've started diversifying and posting content on different places but when it comes to with that where it's exactly the same feature um I suppose it's just additional as opposed to actually offering an alternative. Because probably most people that are using Instagram are using Facebook, uh, sorry, um, TikTok as well. You know, it's, it's the same as uh, yeah. like Snapchat. Like, I can't believe Snapchat is still a thing. Like that amazes me. That blows my mind. Because yeah. essentially everything that made Snapchat special has now been recaptured with stories uh, I guess, Well, I guess no. Hang on. I'll back up a second. That's suppose, not true. Yeah, I suppose the element of of having that kind of private kind of deal yeah. with Snapchat still exists. But then you know you've got things like OnlyFans where you can kind of yeah. replicate the same thing. Okay, yeah, it's paid, so that's different. But at the same time, what? Okay, if if you got if your objective is to have um, you know people. Sort of checking you out in that in that regard. Why wouldn't you just set up an OnlyFans and just get rid of your Snapchat? Like, what would be the point of having the Snapchat? Because I remember a lot of girls were doing that back in the day, and yeah. I kind of thought like, oh, this is genius, this great idea, right? But I remember thinking that they were diverting it to something like a website or something that they were using, right? And then obviously Snapchat, uh, sorry, OnlyFans came and it's like, uh uh-huh, okay, so everyone's just going here now.
1: So I think. So I, I I think a lot of people still like sending self-destructing messages to each other. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. That's a good. Way of think that's it, it. I think that's
1: why. I I think that's why Snapchat's still popular. Um. But yeah, people do use it as a sales funnel to their OnlyFans. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, but like with with Instagram and its shop. They only need a very small percentage of people to actually buy something to be profitable. And because they have such a huge audience, they can get those numbers.
0: Do you think they're not making enough from ad sales then? Or do you think this is just them experimenting?
1: This is them experimenting. Okay. Uh, Instagram is absolutely profitable. Facebook as a whole is absolutely profitable. But what's, they, they always want more. It's never enough.
0: I remember hearing that Twitter was not profitable. Do you know if, how true that is?
1: I don't. I I believe it, but I don't know it for a fact.
0: I was going to say, because a lot of the stuff that I've seen on Facebook, Instagram and stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: I feel like it's too late to try and do that on Twitter. You know, they kind of missed the boat on that one. You know what I mean? Like if they would do it now, yeah. it, really, it would be like the last thing before everyone just goes, ah, fuck Twitter. Let's just go elsewhere. <laughs> you know? But then again, I don't so, know.
1: I, I, I don't, so I think they're resisting going the Facebook creepiness route, but I think that's the only way they can, that's the only way you can operate a social media of that size.
0: I think the tricky thing as well is they've kind of painted themselves into a corner. Cause anything you add to it now, it, it's not that it, do you know what, do you know what I think bothers me about Twitter actually? Is the fact that they, they, they do stuff, but then they do it in an annoying way. So like, What I mean by that, I'm I'm terrible with my words right now, so I do apologize. But, okay, for example, they have the video feature, right? So you can upload a video. Um, But it has to be specific to their format, which, okay, that's not that new. A lot of platforms are like that. But it's very, like, finicky, very awkward, right? And if you do manage to do that, you're restricted to uh, about two minutes worth of footage you can have. So that's great if you want to put a clip. But if you want to put anything longer... No way, no way, Jose. Now with Instagram, you've got IGTV, you've got an option. If it's too long, no worries, we'll yeah. accommodate you, right? Uh, but with Twitter, it's like, nah, if you, we're not going to do that. And I just wonder, like, why do they do this? Is that because if the the website's not able to support that or is it just that they just, they reckon... It's their different? brand. Okay.
1: Twitter, you know, Twitter with the 150 character limit, that's just how... They brand it's themselves. It's
0: two eighty now, isn't it? Is I think it. I don't up. know what it is. I
1: I don't understand Twitter fundamentally, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but that's their brand. Is like if you want to do long form co- content, go to Tumblr. Go to a blog. We're here for quick, t- quick, quick bits of information. And so I think the two minute, the two minute upload limit is no. that's just too long for our platform. Go somewhere else. Uh, because if they if they allow if they remove the character limit are they allowed to do that they lose their differentiating feature of quick
0: information i agree i think yeah you're right on that one like um it is good i think it it, it forces people to be more creative as well like i know yeah. when I, when i'm doing my um my posts on twitter and i'm promoting myself it does kind of force me to be a bit more clever with how i promote it i'll be i most of the time i just have to kind of really put a very short message <laughs> um but you know but it is kind of useful if you want to just say something quick like you said if you just want a live yeah. tweet like oh hey yeah mad lawyer was great and then you just leave it at that then fair yeah point. um but then again funnily enough everyone kind of does does facebook in the same way don't they like no one really puts those, like, those essay messages anymore and if they do they're probably like brenda age 50 who's asking, yeah like i don't know like the latest on anti vaxing rumors and, you know, what she could do, what she should do to battle the latest school stuff or whatever, you know, <laughs> just,
1: I think Facebook's having an identity cri- crisis Life um,
0: crisis. Yeah. I,
1: I, I don't think they know. Facebook has kind of ended up being face uh, for old people.
0: Which is ironic, and, actually, because Facebook right? originally—if you remember Facebook in the beginning, not many people will know this. this. This will be fun for the newer listeners, so listen up. Us old farts were around when basically <laughs> there used to be this website called MySpace, which still exists, uh, albeit not—it's not really used, but it still exists. And MySpace used to be the the shit. It was fucking awesome, right? Um, and that's a whole lot of conversation. But anyway, Facebook emerged on the scene. And I remember it back in the day when they first emerged, Facebook to me kind of looked like what LinkedIn was in the beginning. I looked at it and I was like, this is just for old people. This is like business people. Like, why would I want to go on here? And this was back in... Uh, I think 2005 was the first time I saw yes, them. Yes, right they, around they, there. They were made in 2003. They were like testing for 2004. as when they were called the Facebook. And then by 2005, they were Facebook and um, beginning to get a bit of a small following. And then somewhere around 2008 was where the switch happened. Loads of people kept le- like leaving MySpace and um, it was mainly because the guy that actually ran MySpace and, and did a lot of the work behind the scenes, uh, Tom was his name, a really cool dude. Uh, he he was clever. He sold MySpace at the height of its popularity in like yeah. 2007. Got out. He now lives his fun life. And this new comp or some company acquired MySpace and essentially fucked it, like just ruined yeah. it. And that's why everyone left, right? But then that's the interesting thing with Facebook. They arrived, they were four old people. And then just everyone kind of went there. And I wonder, is is that purely because MySpace was just getting a bit dead and boring? Because the thing is, like the age demographic thing was still there. And I remember the only reason I actually went to Facebook was because everyone was on Facebook. It wasn't that I wanted to leave MySpace. It was that no one was using MySpace anymore. So it's like, where yeah. am I going to interact with my friends kind of thing? So it's yeah. interesting to me that you're saying that it's becoming for old people now, because I think that kind of makes it full circle.
1: So, well, Facebook was originally for college old people. Right, right now, right now it's for... it's. Mo- I think it's mostly used by
0: sort of people like 50. 50 plus. Or both, fair enough, yeah
1: yeah I, I i don't know the numbers to be fair okay
0: okay, fair, fair.
1: uh but that that's and so i think facebook is still trying is trying to figure out how to stay relevant um because Facebook's strategy is just buy everything relevant yeah. they bought instagram they bought whatsapp I mean, so the that that's their real plan to stay relevant is buy buy the new relevant thing which is coming under antitrust lawsuits now in the states which might be interesting to watch, but that's a bit of a discussion in itself as well. Um, yeah, I think Facebook just has an identity crisis of they don't know where they want to take the platform.
0: It's tricky to know where to go from here, isn't it? Because yeah. in many ways, like, you can do everything on Facebook. Like, I'm not going to say Facebook is bad, because it's not. Like, I I mainly use it to keep in touch with friends and family. But, like, I don't go there really for entertainment. I sort of I sort of use it for memes a little bit. I think it actually I will say one thing. Uh sh- shit posting groups on Facebook are excellent. That's one thing for a younger generation that's awesome. I mean that kind of originated on websites like um like Reddit and stuff, but like yeah that's something that kind of exists that's fun on Facebook to be a part of. But as, yeah, like you said, it's more for the older generation. Most people I know that are actually using it all the time are, yeah, anyone with kids in a family, sorry, sorry guys, um, but you're a bit cringe sometimes. <laughs> I love you, but you're cringe. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of that, um, which is acceptable, but it is mainly that demographic, Um and anyone young, I mean, obviously TikTok is, is for like the young, young generation. Like I, yeah. I, I used it for about five minutes and I was like, I'm too old for this. I can't use this. And it worries me that, you know, the, the whole China thing. So fuck this. So I deleted it. Um, that's not because of what the government was saying. I was more kind of just concerned. Yeah. With, like the fact that they could track anything on your phone, that freaked me yeah. out. It was less. I yeah. didn't care about them tracking my Activity on TikTok because who gives a fuck? But the fact they could track anything about me at yeah. all in my phone—that was like no 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 goodbye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's funny that you say that because all the rest of them seem to have very clear demographics. Like, it it, it kind of seems like Instagram, while it is trying to piss everyone off, at the same time, its demographic is not changing. It's mostly for quite young people. It's uh, I would yeah. sort of say somewhere in the region of like.
2: Uh, eighteen to forty-five.
0: Yeah, could be more, could be less, but as mostly, you know, like you don't see, yeah. for example, you don't actually see like a lot of like young, young people on Instagram. Yeah, uh, which is good because I think that would be a bit weird, inappropriate, or something. Um, and they're all on TikTok, which makes sense. Um, they have that platform. You know, here's this platform. Here's this platform. So it's good in that sense. But yeah. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Facebook has lasted as long as it has. I mean, it's lasted longer than MySpace did. And the weird thing to me about MySpace was that like the redesigns annoyed people, but you could still do everything that you wanted to do on MySpace. I think the issue with MySpace was that it kind of like I remember they changed like literally everything within the course of a year. I remember coming back to the app like a year or two later, and it looked completely different. This was back in like twenty ten, two thousand nine, something like that. And I was like, "Why would they do that? Like, you're already in a sinking ship. Why would you then try to blow it up? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. very confusing to me. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Like about why MySpace ultimately failed. And also just why does it exist now? I mean, I, I hear that it's uh, supposedly for musicians in in uh, in the States as a kind of like, um, kind of ironically like what it was in the very beginning actually, where it was kind of like a way of finding bands and, and like being like a networking platform or something.
1: Yeah, so I don't know who who still uses MySpace. That it's a bit of a mystery to me. It's just like who still uses Yahoo Mail, still. A Yahoo thing.
0: Mail is still a thing. Yes. Wow. Next, you're gonna tell uh, me I had how to email, AOL so... is like <laughs> still a thing.
1: Uh, AOL got bought out by Verizon, so okay, I go. think they got they got amalgamated there. But like, um, I I think there's just like people that still want that content, obviously. Um, you know, obviously their infrastructure is much scaled down than what it used to be, but
2: yeah,
0: you can't get access to to, to the um, to the stuff that you used to be able to get access to. I mean, like one of the allures of MySpace, which what what everyone was—I mean, this is what I have fond memories of—is the fact that it it taught you how to use basic HTML coding and yeah, know, a- editing a website and stuff. And for many people just getting into um you know design software design stuff like that who were either studying or just playing around with it and eventually got into that industry it was a very good starter tool um i, I love the fact that you could just edit essentially have your own website in a way i mean it was just a profile page and it was limited yeah. sort of capabilities but you could you know edit the style the look um have your own music playing you know it was for teenagers at the time it was it was very expressive and i don't feel like there's any real websites that exist that that replicate the same thing today i mean i may be tumblr to an extent but tumblr isn't what it used to be it's very different now no um and i can't think of any other website that's that's similar to be honest i mean it, it seems like memes have largely just taken over which is great i love memes but at the same time like, it's not expressive of you. It's just yeah. of humor. It's, there seems to be, like, a lot more anonymity now, I guess. Like, if you take Reddit as an example, like... Yeah. There's not actually that many people that, like, reveal much about themselves, and they often have pseudonyms and stuff. And it seems to be that like, people are more into privacy, more into hiding behind anonymity yeah. and stuff. Like, I find that angle very interesting.
2: Yeah, and... Yeah maybe
1: that maybe that's what keeps sites like sites like Tumblr and my and my alive is wanting that your corner of the internet where you can express yourself cuz like yeah you're right Facebook doesn't doesn't really let you do that Instagram doesn't let you do that they let you express your life but they don't let you express your corner of the internet that's yours
0: who knows? Maybe maybe in the future we'll, we'll get something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, one thing, actually, as we just sort of wrap that part of it up, I, I do want to kind of say, like, do you think Facebook is, is going to last in the long run uh, or you know, Instagram, etc.? Because I kind of feel like if, the, if a competitor was to emerge now that had enough backing and a good enough strategy... I think they could actually give websites like Facebook a run for their money. I don't know that they would overtake. That's a bit of a long shot. But at the same time, if you could offer something that eliminates the more annoying parts of those apps, you probably could do well right now, potentially.
1: The problem is those annoying points is what makes them money.
0: But if you're using the website, I mean, because I remember seeing this this argument about the the Instagram redesign. People were like, "Yo, well, you're still going to use the app, right?" And it's like, "Yeah, but the reason why people are still going to use the app is because there's not an alternative."
1: But so so part part of the problem is is that it takes an ungodly amount of money to reach that scale. Like we're talking hundreds of millions, if not billions,
0: and man. Getting, I, I don't know you know i mean if we're talking like okay let's flip take take wrestling for example right now professional wrestling um for many many years you just had that one company that wwe company yeah in the last 10 years or within the last couple of years right this new american promotion has emerged uh, they're called aew and there were other companies throughout the years that tried to give you know, run for the money and, and, and compete. But, you know, it was always the same argument of like, Oh, well, you know, they just don't have the resources, the money, this, that, and the other. And some of them did have money and they did throw money behind it, but it just didn't work for them. And so it was clear that it was less about the money and more about the strategy. Now this company, this AEW company that's operating now, they've just sort of celebrated their first year. And the sort of prevailing opinion is that they're doing much better than than wwe in many ways but the stats the viewership is also really supporting that like for instance the two um television shows that are competing with each other are this AEW tv show on a wednesday yeah and then this tv show that wwe is doing on a wednesday as well and there's a big difference in the numbers yeah now taking that back to what we were talking about I think that while money is important as far as like making certain things possible, I don't know that it's all necessarily about how much money you have. I think it's more about the strategy that you put in place. Like if you have a genuinely good idea that people can relate to and use and will be useful, I think that's maybe more.
1: That's why I said at that scale because infrastructure cost, like Facebook's infrastructure costs have to be in the hundreds of millions a month. Just hosting all of that data, making it available to that many people, is not cheap, Mm -hmm. and I think. And so, I think I I think the biggest difficulty is scaling a platform like that. Right. Uh, So you know, I I I listen to the startup community a little bit, and it seems like every is not for a lack of people wanting alter wanting to come up with alternatives. It's nobody has something significantly better.
0: But okay, Enough. this was kind of my point with bringing up the wrestling thing is it's not about bringing something better. It's more about bringing an alternative. Like that company always says, we're not competing with this company. We're offering an alternative. And that's what's resonating with people. Do you not think that if, you know, they would introduce an app or a service or something or a social media platform that offered something different that isn't currently being offered? Could that not be... so? Your,
1: the viral spread that you need for a social media, is dependent on people being there, and people being there aren't going to switch if it's not better. If it's not significantly better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, so the problem is, is that it's not. You have to start small, and start and to start small and still be meaningful is actually really, really difficult. And it's not for a lack of people trying to, to be an alternative. It's the fact that I just think people don't, people don't, it's not that they don't want an alternative is that they're not willing to invest their time in an alternative.
0: I think that's a very fair point. What do you think in a hypothetical scenario i know i'm already asking for a lot here but in your opinion like what would it take for people to seriously consider making a switch like what in the ideal app what do you think the ideal app has that could convince people to switch if say a new company was to come along or a new app or something
2: so
1: i think you're in a catch 22 I think the biggest thing is going to be privacy features. But the only way you can do that is to be a paid social media and people aren't willing to pay for social media.
0: What about if it was really cheap? like? uh, It's been tried. It worked with WhatsApp. You remember when they first started, it was actually paid, but it was like ridiculous. WhatsApp didn't become popular until it was free though. No, that's not true. I I remember what I was paying for. I didn't. And and it was. So there, I've never paid for WhatsApp. When did you start using WhatsApp?
1: When it was a paid app. You could, you could just keep using
0: it for free. With a free trial. Yeah. Well, that must've been different in Canada than because you had to pay in the UK. (laughs) It wasn't a lot though. It was like, this is why I brought it up. Because it was, it was a weird concept to me of how you could pay like, between 50 pence to like a pound for a year i was like that's insane and i thought about the the numbers like okay if a million people pay for this once a year that's money right there do you know what i mean like it's it's great yeah and it's a one-off so more people will consider doing it um do you think it could work because that's the thing If, if you would set up a social media network now or an app or something and you would use that model but you would make the rest of your money in, in you know, paid advertising. and, and paid The ads moment you videos. start
1: making your money in paid advertising is the moment you get creepy.
0: Mm. Well, you could, you could promote yourself as the brand that doesn't do that as much, that tries to kind of limit that. or you know, that, that, that could be a part of your angle, maybe.
1: But the moment you do that, you have to be creepy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, not necessarily. Because that's how you make
1: money in advertising, is being creepy. Oh, okay. nobody I, no no advertiser is willing to pay for a non-targeted
0: ad you do have to track a little bit i think we all kind of accept that really don't we you know if, if, if there's paid ads on a site they have to track us a little bit it's the it's the degree to which they track us that's the issue you know what i mean it's, it's one thing if, if like yeah. if they're looking at like but oh the- he, he clicked or she clicked on like these keywords therefore we're going to show them ads towards this i mean that makes perfect sense to me like why do you know what i mean like,
1: but the problem is, it's such a slippery slope.
0: Not if it's it's clearly defined and you put the rules in place. Like for example, that uh, thing that you gave earlier about the the app thing with Facebook, the the camera thing. That's going too far. If if you have clear instructions that hey, we're not going to do this, this, is this, this, and this, and this, but we are going to do this, this, and this, and you make that really transparent and you stick to it. It's like you said. It, I don't
1: think a company. I don't think a company would be <laughs> capable of sticking
0: to it. <laughs> they would just see the money and be like, <laughs> fuck it. Well,
1: like, it's it's not going to be just, ooh, money. It's going to be, okay, I need to make 50 more thousand this month to make payroll. Mm. Let me just bend it a little.
0: Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, that's spot on. There's <laughs> so, so many companies that are, it's t- taken something different, actually, on a more serious note. That, that's how it's kind of working from what I've heard with the, the COVID-19 crisis. I heard recently... Um, no, I can't obviously say if this is genuine, obviously, or not. But it made sense because a lot of studies that I'd read over the course of this year in like various academic journals and stuff kind of stated that these were professors from around the world and uh, medical professionals saying the numbers that you're seeing for coronavirus are not accurate for the simple reason that they're not being co- like collected in in the right way. Yeah. So, so like, if people... Uh, pass away from say I don't know blood poisoning or uh, you know they they have cancer or something Um, there was the argument made that the coronavirus speeds that up and therefore if that person dies you know you mark that as COVID positive and therefore they died from COVID which presents an inaccuracy because it's like well where do you draw the line on what you're going to count as a COVID death right and when I first heard this uh, you know that like I, I tended to agree with it because of the fact that, you know, it's coming from academic studies. It's not like a fucking news article on Facebook or something. It's actual, like people studying people in the field. So I, yeah. I took I took it seriously. But at the same time, I was like, you know, things can be, be fake. Things can be exaggerated. And then I heard the reasoning, which is what I wanted to bring up to you, of how, um, you know, well, why would they fake numbers? Why would Why would they, you know mark people down as having COVID or test them before they die and then still mark those as as COVID deaths, right? The reason why is because in theory, if you, your hospital needs that, especially if you, you know, you're in a country where healthcare is privatized uh, or, or even if it's public, it doesn't really matter either way. You're still going to need access to, equipment, resources on a regular basis, right? And in order to get those either from the government or from wherever that you source them, you're going to have to justify that you need them. Yeah. How do you justify that? Based on the amount of numbers. Oh, our cases are really high. Our deaths are really high. Therefore, we need this. And that's where that comes in. As fuck does it sound? I don't personally think it's that. Um, I hope it's not that either. I'll just say that. I I think (laughs) it's... it's
1: I think part of the problem is we're marking them as COVID deaths because we don't we don't really know if it was a COVID death or not. And it's more important to track who has had COVID. As yeah. it, it, it it it's better to lean on the side of marking it as a COVID death rather than marking it as a not COVID death.
0: I've heard this line of reasoning, yeah.
1: Because at the end of the day we just don't know yet like especially when it comes to like cancers and things like that, we just don't know how they interact. There's just has not been enough time to study it and not enough resources to study it because everyone is focused on the vaccine and other scientific research that like, we don't like, could COVID be sexually transmitted? We don't know because nobody has had enough time or energy to actually study it.
0: How has COVID-19 affected you personally, affected your life?
1: Uh, so I started working from home and I plan to stay that way and that's really been the biggest adjustment to my life.
0: So like after this all ends you reckon like oh this is just life now we're not, we're not going back to offices. Yeah, yeah. Fair for play. me anyways. It seems that way for me too. I actually have been unemployed since February. Um, like My main field is, is marketing. Obviously I'm really trying hard to make this a living you know like YouTube and yeah podcasting and all this but um, obviously marketing has paid the bills for a long time but I came from another country, uh, back to England in February, <laughs> weird timing, uh, everything happened and then I settled in and I've been unemployed ever since, but I've been getting more like freelance work. Yeah. Now, incidentally, that work is obviously fully remote and freelance and um, more of the jobs that I'm applying to, I'm seeing that they're remote based, obviously, like, because they have to be, yeah. but, you know, I've said this for years that I think that so many of these sorts of jobs it jobs freelance jobs marketing jobs they can all be done at home you do not need to be in an office the most you need maybe is that one meeting every couple of weeks where you just sit in a room because it's a little bit easier to discuss it but fuck i mean we've proved that Mm -hmm. zoom meetings can solve a lot of issues so yeah you know i don't know man um maybe, maybe this is just things have things have changed for the better
1: yeah. Um, there's going to be a ton of studies that yes. I am absolutely fascinated by going to be fascinated by like how much greenhouse gases have redu- have been plummeted this year is another one that I'm like waiting to come out.
0: Mm, absolutely. Um, I kind of, I've asked, I've had uh Canadian guests on the show before. Um, where, whereabouts in Canada are you from or where you,
2: uh, starting?
1: I'm just North of Calgary, Alberta.
0: Cool. Um, So what's the response been like to the pandemic where you are? Like how have people sort of reacted? How has it been? What are the restrictions like? Um, In my opinion,
1: out here, it's not enough. Mm. Um, Okay. So there's a bit of a saying that Alberta is the Texas of Canada. And it's really kind of true. We're very conservative. We're very... we've 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 we we've jumped on the anti-mask train there are anti-mask demonstrations and protests and anti-restrictions and
0: a bit more old-fashioned kind of ideology. yeah
1: yeah okay. and so there's been a there hasn't you know we're finally starting to lock down we're at we're at an obscene number of cases and we're finally just starting to do it when the rest of the country has been doing it for a month.
0: Yeah, I was going to say some of the guests I've had from Canada have kind of uh, laid out a very kind of concerning level of restrictions, like quite high in some cases, like stuff yeah. as, as crazy as um, there was a guy I spoke to who basically said that uh, you were restricted as far as like queuing up in um supermarkets and and like stuff would be like covered in plastic and you can't like get access to it and stuff which i kind of that's crazy that hasn't happened in the uk we have the queuing thing but we don't have like things off limits that's kind of a bit crazy um, well so i actually like that idea okay
1: um because so what so areas that are doing that they're forcing small businesses to close non-essential businesses to close so big players like costco and walmart are at an unfair advantage where you can still get the things that you don't need Mm. and so what they're doing is they're saying you can't sell those items because it's an unfair business advantage for you and we don't want people going in to shop for those items they should be shopping for groceries they shouldn't be shopping for an ipad
0: I suppose yeah, you can get all of this stuff via Amazon and everything, or or whatever. Yeah. So it's not really that big a deal, but yeah. And
1: and you can still do those means. You just can't. It's just trying to limit the. It's trying to level the playing field for in-person shopping, because we don't want people going out to do that right now.
0: Have you seen any sort of crazy responses? People acting. Out of town. Obviously, you mentioned anti-maskers and demonstrations. But is there anything that kind of took you by surprise or freaked you out, or I don't know? Um.
1: So my sister has a story. So I'm in a small town of like a couple thousand people, and just in the past weeks, have finally people started wearing masks. Oh wow! And and I know it's been absolutely terrifying. Um. A couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago now. Uh, my sister went into the store and she was wearing a mask and wanted and just asked, you know, do you mind asking employee not wearing a mask? Just move to the side, please. So I can pass safely. Well, masks aren't mandatory. Let me, I'll get my manager. I just want to pass safely without, without interacting with you. Just yeah. Turned into a whole big incident.
0: It's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, I, I don't understand everyone's big deal with wearing a fucking mask. I mean, like, okay, here, here in Manchester, um, what I've seen is that when people walk around, mostly they don't wear masks. But when they're indoors, inside a place, 90% of the time they're wearing a mask. The staff yeah. will all 100% be wearing a mask. Like that, that's, have to. But people yeah. that come in, you know, maybe not every one of them. And don't get me wrong, some of them have like reasons, respiratory problems, whatever. But like, yeah, yeah, most people kind of operate in that way. And it makes sense. You know, I, even I've, you know, walked around outside and not always worn a mask. Cause, you know, as long as I, the way I see it, as long as you're not packed around people, like if I'm in a city center, yeah. I tend to wear it like, cause, you know, there's more. Yeah.
1: There. If you're in a dense area, you should wear it. But like, if you're in the middle of a field, you're fine.
0: Yeah, or like if if it's just like a suburb, there's not many people around, yeah. you know what I mean? you're, out, you're outside. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of this is just common sense, but like not wearing one at all is just... I think yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of selfish. It's kind of... Um, it's not a big deal. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, don't get me wrong, it's annoying. You know, I have to wear it a lot. Like, I, I do volunteering every week, right? And uh, you have to constantly change the masks. Yeah. And... Um, but it's really not a big deal. You know what I mean? You just strap really a fucking bad. piece of fabric to your face and that's it. And then it restricts you just, your breathing a little bit. A bit. Yeah, but if if you if it's that bad, you just I don't know, go outside for a bit of a hair, come back in, you know. Yeah. It's not it won't kill you. Yeah. But yeah. Um I, I guess it's the whole personal freedoms thing, isn't it? People kind of just get a bit messed yeah. with that. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, um, as we sort of bring things to a close for today, I wanted to ask you: Do you have any upcoming projects, or maybe some fun or thoughts that you'd like to share with us?
1: Um. So the projects I want to share is so like the blog I was telling you about earlier, uh, whitewhiskeywolf.com dot awesome. is where the where I'm building that. Uh, as well as you'll be able to see my upcoming podcast at who'syourdev com. Those are kind of my so with the big projects bl- of the moment.
0: with the blog. Is that going to be is that something different entirely or is that related? That's the the building
1: a podcast app. Okay. And my, and my written mobile development stuff. Uh, The podcast is going to be obviously an audio show. Excellent. that gets its own website.
0: Okay. Well uh, I want to say, thank you very much for being a guest on the show. Best of luck with this. Thank you for having me. That's been a pleasure. The pleasure has been mine. Um, Yeah. Best of luck with this app. Best of luck with, with the podcast um everyone that's listening to the christian reef podcasts you know if this is something that's in your realm of interest or something that you're you know you do make sure to go check it out sounds very interesting or even if you know it's not something you're aware of and you just want to learn more you know make sure to check it out in january and uh yeah once again thank you very much casey thank you to everyone listening to the christian reef podcast i want to say a big thank you for listening much more to come if you podcast guests and uh last minute shows before the end of the year and then we will be going full steam ahead into january January and the new year so um stay tuned and until next time peace out one love i'll see you in the next one